Good morning, it's Mike McDivitt, the interim pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church. And uh, what's this, the uh, May the 24th, it's hard to believe, huh? On the eve of Memorial Day, and I'd like to thank you gentlemen and ladies that served our country, as we remember not only them, but those that have served and died for our country. If you would... Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11, <clears throat> and uh, let's have a word of prayer before we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for this day you've given us, Lord, and I pray, dear Father, that you will just open up your word and give us something today, Lord, that we can uh, serve you better this week with, Father. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. Deuteronomy chapter 11. And we are going to start on about verse 22. And it says, For if ye shall diligently keep all these commandments, which I commanded you to do them, to love the Lord your God, and to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto him, then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you, and ye shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours for the wilderness of Lebanon from excuse me from the wilderness of Lebanon from the river the river Euphrates even unto the uttermost sea shall your coasts be and there shall no man be able to stand before you for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that ye shall tread upon, as he hath said unto you. So I'd like to talk a little bit today about uh, basically uh, a few verses on a challenge for a Christian soldier. Starting back here in the Old Testament, of course, with the Jewish remnant coming out of Egypt going into the land that was promised to them, the Abrahamic covenant. Abraham, of course, coming to that land out of the Chaldees. And then later on through time, the Jews were um, put in slavery after going to Egypt and now coming out and in going toward the land which the Lord uh had given them, we won't go through all that, 40 years in the wilderness and so forth. A, a statement given, and I and reread it in verse 24, and it says, Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. Now remembering at this time, of course, it's kind of like today in Israel, isn't it? Uh, they were um, soldiers that uh, weren't just, just of an elite fighting force they were citizen soldiers they went out and they all fall every man would fight you go to israel today even women they have you are called upon to fight you will pick up a gun and you will fight they have to for survival and that's the way it was at that time but the one thing in that particular verse i want you to to take note of is that it says wherever you put the soles of your feet shall be yours in other words they had to go there. They had to take it. But if there was no action taken, it wasn't theirs. It was given to them, but they had to take it. 
Lord often does that, doesn't He? He tells us something in the Bible we, we need to do, but He will not make us do it. And to receive the blessing from that particular thing, uh, we need to show action. The Lord will bless us, but there needs to be action taken. It's restated again in Joshua 1, 3 through 5. We won't turn there. But he reminds them again later on when they get there. And Joshua, that okay, now it's time to take this land. I know I watched a documentary uh, the one time of um, Mount Sinai, not the one that was claimed historically that's still in Egypt, but the one that's in Saudi Arabia, the, the gentleman and, and another family that had went there. I think others since then. And it's remarkable, really, all the different things, the split rock and the, and the, the altar and the, and the blackened top of the mountain. It's really remarkable. But the one thing that they found was very curious. They found a bunch of stones that a bunch of people had did like a child does. They put, they put their foot on the stone. <clears throat> they traced around it and then put it down. And the commentator said he wonders if, in literal sense, they remembered this word, these words here in Deuteronomy that was spoken to them, that every place whereon your soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. And they carved out, or not carved out, but traced out their feet. And they were there, and it was theirs. I think it's a great lesson for us as as Christians today, that we uh, understand that when a blessing is pronounced in the Bible to us, that you would uh, be blessed if you go tell people about the Lord, or if you uh, diligently seek His face, that He will draw near to you, and so forth. All those require action. It's the first duty of the Christian soldier. Citizen of heaven, right? I'm a proud citizen of the United States of America. Very privileged to be a citizen here in this country. And at the same time, I'm even more so a citizen of heaven. Having asked Jesus Christ in my heart and forgive me of my sins, he came into my heart and life and he said, I'm a new creature. Old things passed away and all things new. And I'm his. Born into the family of God, born again. It required action, and now I am a citizen of heaven, citizen of the kingdom of God. What is a kingdom? Uh, a kingdom is where a king rules. And in the reality of being a Christian, we are citizens of the king of this universe, of his rule and his reign. Kind of a different thought and in, in being American as we have no king, right? But being a citizen of heaven, I do have a king. God himself. Isn't that something? And so as we see here, we're going to come back to this chapter. So if you want to keep your finger here, or your piece of paper in the Bible, if you're turning along with me, we're coming back to this section of scriptures. But what is required of the Christian soldier? As there was requirements of these folks here, of the Jewish nation, to enter into the land and to take it. And it wasn't going to be easy. They were going to have to go to war. 
They were going to have to have bloodshed. They were going to have to work at it, take it, with God's help, of course. What is required of you and I as a Christian soldier? As we work for the kingdom of God. Let's learn to turn back here, if you would, to Timothy, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Timothy is in with all the T's, right? Titus, and Timothy, and Thessalonians, right? In the second book of Timothy. And we're going to turn to chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verses 3 and 4. 2 Timothy 2, 3 and 4. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now think about that. Every soldier endures a lot of hardness when they're in a field. And even in the preparation, right, of battle, they have strengthened themselves and and learned what tactics to do and learn how to carry their or their uh, their guns or learn how to approach situations and became hardened and physically and mentally. You and I as Christian soldiers, it says, Thou therefore, talk, Paul's talking to the Christians, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him whom hath chosen him to be a soldier, to please the Lord himself. We have to be careful. Now, well, you're going to be entangled by things this life. You just have to. You're making a living for you and your family. You're, you're, you're going through this life on a day-to-day basis, going through problems, going through uh, situations. But we can't let the affairs of this life entangle us to the point where we're not serving the Lord. And it says here to please, right, to please him who hath chosen you to be a what? To be a soldier. It's funny how it talks about us as Christians, and, and, and Paul likes to say about, like, in this way, as a soldier. There's a reason for it. In the preparation, there is a spiritual battle always going on. We think it's all physical. No, there's a spiritual battle always going on. Both with the uh, antithesis of the Lord, Satan himself, right? Satan himself wars against us and his minions but other than that sometimes i don't know about you but my worst enemy sometimes is me and i war against myself i know the bible you know we war against satan in this world of course but then also the flesh and that's you and i and we need to harden ourselves and we need to be careful that the affairs of this life doesn't take the place of god we need to keep our minds straight i remember hearing a soldier say You know, when I was over there, I had a family at home, but I had to put that mentally aside or I wouldn't have been able to do my job or I'd end up getting myself and my men killed. He had to take the entanglements of this life and put them aside for a time in battle. And when we're going on our day-to-day life, we need to be careful that the affairs of this life does not prevent us from serving the Lord, does not take the place of serving the Lord, does not remove God out of our lives uh, to the point where we do not please the one who chose us to be 
a soldier of him. Ephesians, if you would. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, you turn back towards the front of the, the, Old, the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 6. We spoke about this this morning at church. We had our first service this morning. We only have, you know, just a few people there. And so it was easy to stay six feet apart, right? <laughs> and uh, it was a wonderful time. And we spoke about this. And I thought this is a good thing to um, maybe to continue on. I had another sermon, but I'd like to talk about this. We get to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11, starting out with, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Or wait, wait a second. I went down a verse, didn't I? Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now it says, we don't want you to take notice of that here. Put on the whole armor of God. He doesn't say one piece, two pieces. He says everything that he's about to mention. Why? It says in verse 12, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Remember old Satan, he's not present, omnipresent, meaning everywhere like God is. So he has rulers, he has, he has minions that work underneath him, as well as this old world. And that's why we need to put on the whole armor of God. Wherefore, in verse 13, Take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the e in, in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. What is truth? Well, the word of God, God's way. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, doing the right thing. Sometimes you can know the truth and still not do the right thing. They work together. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What's the gospel of peace? The birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that you and I can get saved, right? Above all, taking the shield of faith. What's faith? It's to believe God. If you don't believe God, the rest is kind of a moot point, isn't it? Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation. To be saved from what? Our sins. And that's where the gospel comes in, right? And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the Bible. We need to know our Bible. We need to know that Bible. And so, along with all these things from truth and righteous living, from uh, faith, to the gospel, to salvation. These are all the whole armor of God. From not letting the, 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 the actions and, and entanglements of this world, or rather the affairs of this life, entangle us to the point we don't serve Him. We need to remember to put on the whole armor of God that we can fight against these uh, things that really seek to, to displace God in our lives. There's nothing more miserable than a Christian that has went back and let things take God's place and backslid. That's what we call that, right? Now, I said we're going to go back to this chapter. Of course, in the sermon this morning, it was a little bit longer, and I have to always try to hold this down for 20 minutes or so. 
There's a suffix to in Deuteronomy chapter 11 that we need to read with that. Remember he said, wherever you put the soles of your feet, I'm going to give that to you. So they had to take it. But there is, well, we'll see here. Let's read this one verse in verse 26 of Deuteronomy chapter 11. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing and a curse. We all want to be blessed, don't we? I do. Do you? I do. And he's setting here a blessing and a curse to this. He said, now, if you take this, it's going to be yours. So I, I assume that's a blessing, right? And that's God's will, so that's a blessing. So behold, I set before you, in verse 26, this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. You know, God's commandments, sometimes we kind of want to pick and choose. Like we're, you know, we're going through a, 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 a restaurant that, that uh, what is it, um, Burger King that says, have it your way. Remember they used to say that? You can get things the way you want it. Well, the Bible isn't that way. You know, it's not, it, it, it is not a situation where you can pick and choose. It's all or nothing. Just like he said, the whole armor of God. That we obey his commandments, there's a blessing attached to that. And then verse 28 says, And a curse, if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way, which I command you this day, to go after other gods, which ye have have not known. To go other gods, he's, he's a jealous God. And he knows the people of that land, later on, are going to tempt them, and some of them are going to fall to that. Hey, before we look down at them, we need to look at ourselves. Any time we put something ahead of God, that becomes a God, small g, to you and I. We'd be very, we'd be very careful not to do that. There's a curse attached to that. So if they obey him and serve him and, 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 and his commandments, he said he would bless them. If he, they turn away, and not only turn away, but go after other gods, there's a curse attached to that. Man, I don't want to be cursed, that's for sure. Verse 29, it says, And it came to pass that when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land, whether thou goest to possess it, that thou shalt put the blessing upon Mount Grism, Gerizim, excuse me, and the curse upon Ebal. Are they not on the other side of Jordan by the way where the sun goeth down in the land of the Canaanites? which dwell in the uh, campaign over against Gilgal, beside the plains of Morah. In other words, they got to go across that river and take it. For ye shall pass over the Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God given, God given you, giveth you, and ye shall possess it and dwell therein. And ye shall observe to do all the statutes of the judgments which I set before you this day. Why does he give us things that we have to do? Look at it this way. Sin is sin not only because it's obviously wrong, but it's also bad for you. The things that God sets before us to bless us are not just things he's telling us to do, but they're good for us. Sin is bad for us, and his blessings and his his commandments to help with our 
journey through this life are good for us. Now that sounds easy, but you and I both know that it isn't. But if we turn away from God, there is an obvious curse. Not only from God himself, I believe, but also the natural effect. There's a cause and effect comes into play here. The natural effect of sin, doing something ungodly, not God's way, in other words. There's a cause and effect that applies to that. And as we serve him and do what he would have us do, there's a cause and effect, a blessing that comes with that. And to prepare ourselves as a hardened soldier, we need to make sure that things do not take God's place. That the affairs of this life doesn't get in God's way. If you're in, if you're in the service, I have not been, but I'm told by people that have been, when they go through boot camp, I'm telling you what, it's going to be the sergeant's way, isn't it? And that drill instructor says it's my way. It's not. There's really no choice in the matter, right? Well, here's the thing. God gives us a choice. But he is our commander. And if we choose not to, as a Christian soldier, well, there's a curse, like it was to Israel at this time. There will be a natural cause and effect. If we choose to serve our Lord, after especially, first of all, of course, salvation, as we spoke about, but then that's not the end of it. Some people say that's the end. No. No, it's the beginning of a Christian journey. Like I heard in a Christian movie the one time, and I liked it. It said, there's nothing quite like being hooked up with the creator of the universe. It's an exciting adventure. And as a Christian soldier serving the king in this kingdom, the kingdom of God, it's an exciting adventure. It's a wonderful journey. And there's a blessing attached to it. So, we're going to end it there today. I hope that this helped you, this has helped me as I've went through this. And I pray that you have a great week. If you are not saved, please consider, as we spoke about, ask Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior and forgive your sins. And he said he would come into your heart and life. And if you are saved, man, consider this. There is a blessing attached to you serving him. And it's an exciting journey. It really is. So we'll end it there. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, I just thank you for this day you've given us. I pray, Lord, you will help us as we go through this week to serve you. And those, those of us that are saved, those of us that aren't saved, to get saved. And if those of us that are, Lord, help us to tell some poor lost soul about you and to serve you. And we thank you for all that you've done for us, especially Jesus Christ dying on the cross, dear Lord. In Jesus' precious and holy name I pray. Amen. I, have, I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. We have a long weekend, some of you, so I know some of you have to work. But um, tomorrow, don't forget to thank a, a veteran. And keep them in mind as we remember what they've done for us. And as Christian soldiers, as we have reflected on these few verses, hey, let's not forget to serve the Lord this week. All right, you guys have a great week, and I will talk to you again next week. Thanks a lot.